slurps tea. Oh, wow. Thank <laughs> you as well. You're like a meme. You're like the Kermit the Frog meme. That's going to be the... I'm going to find a way to put that in the title. Kermit the Frog. The title is going to be Taylor Swift. Oh, Sorry. Good. Okay, that's non-negotiable. <laughs> non-negotiable. Hi, welcome back to the To Be Honest podcast. This is episode four of the podcast. Um, and today, tonight, tomorrow, next week, whenever you listen to this, I don't really know how podcasts work because they're not going to listen to them in live live space. Um, we are talking about the attention economy, um, which is a phrase I actually learned myself this year um, from reading a very interesting book called How to Do Nothing by Jenny O'Dell. Um, shout out Jenny O'Dell. It's a very good book. Um, and I just wanted to, basically from my perspective, attention economy, I want to sort of explain what I think of that. And when I think of that phrase, I think it will, people that have heard of it or people that talk about it, it might mean different things to different people. So I think from my perspective, I would explain how that feels to me and what it means and maybe what I think is a helpful way to approach it. And I guess from your perspective as well, this is something that yeah. I know from talking to you, you've got a lot of thoughts on. I mean, I haven't read the book. When I saw the topic on the list that we have in our notes, I was like, mm, mm, what does that even mean? What do you want Like, what, what do you want to talk about? And then the more we talked about it during the last couple of weeks, I understood what you meant by that and like how we how we live and focus on things, how we handle tasks or to-do lists or like things like that without being interrupted by anything. So I think that's an interesting topic and yeah, we'll see what tools we both, both of us have. But like, Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> it's one that I personally struggle with a lot. And like I said, I think that's a, that was why it was a big one for me that I wanted to cover when we first started getting into the podcast. So I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we've got to it. Do you want to start then by maybe explaining what you mean by it? And what was your idea of attention economy? How would you define it? Firstly, I've got a leading question for you. Oh, no. Not again. I did that in the yeah. second episode of September. And I was like, oh, he's going he's gonna to do the same at some point. I've played your own trick back at you. This <laughs> is how it works. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got a question for you. And All then right. I, will, I promise I will lead into that. Okay. But All right. Do you know the average time you spend on your phone per day? Holy shit. Um, I don't. But I did look it up a couple months ago. And it was too much. Too much? It was a couple of hours. um, Approximately five hours or six. Oh my God, maybe it was more. Honestly, it was a lot. I make you feel a bit better about that because I one of the notifications that I have on my phone it is the um, sort of weekly report of how much time you spend on your phone, mm-hmm. and the last one I got said an average time of three hours fifty three minutes, which is a bit less than five six hours. But yeah. don't feel bad. I've I mean, spent three hours is time. half of six hours. That's right, the average. So. <laughs> but if you think <laughs> All right, about the average, yeah, yeah. But if you think about that. Like, I had the same reaction that you just had there, which is, mm-hmm. holy shit, what am I doing with those four hours, like, yeah. those five hours? What am I doing with my time? Spending on this phone, and it, I think I've had it in the past where I've seen that and had the same reaction, but then I've slipped back into, oh, well, and then, like, this kind of malaise around it, you know? And I think that that's been a, that's been a, a wake-up call, and then I've kind of gone back into slumber yeah. around it, but I've always come back to the same thing. And the reason I ask you that specifically is because I think that's a great example of what I think of when I think of attention economy. Mm-hmm. And this attention economy is that effectively we live in a world as humans now where 
everything demands our attention. Like everything that demands our attention that doesn't come from ourselves. So we've got this phone in our pocket that someone has somewhere in California <laughs> has designed to be a certain way to yeah. encourage us to use it, to interact with it, to do things with it, to use it, to basically become... As a tool sometimes it. even. I mean, some of it is just using it as a tool. Yeah. Because if I have to, like, if I get to yours, I look at the times of the trains, navigation, I'll let you know when I'm on my way. Yeah. That's just an excuse for exactly. the rest of it, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. I mean, the same. Like, I've just spent this last week abroad and I've been using it every day. Yeah. Google Maps, like, where am I going? Where do I need to be every single day? So part of it is that need that that has been created from it. Um, and obviously, you know, us of a certain generation, we've grown up with a mobile phone since we're yeah. teenagers. So we always feel like it's just, it just comes with us. It's just natural. It's the most natural thing in the world. Like, it's an extension of us. And I think even more so Gen Z, the younger generations coming up, it's just like inherent, like that behavior is just so yeah. inherent. It's, it's <clears throat> kind of built within you. So I think that as, as one thing is, is that device, that tool, but it's not just that, you know, it's the news media, it's where we get given information. It's the fact that it used to be like, this is kind of going back even a few years, TV ads were like the biggest form of advertising that yeah. you could go to. You're going to sit down, watch TV for a few hours and you've got constant stream of ads in between the programs like now you can fast those ads forward you watch tv on youtube you watch all your content streaming, comes from tiktok yeah. your streaming is massive so yeah there's all these different formats but all those ad all those formats on those platforms have got their own advertising they've got their mm-hmm. own algorithms instagram's got its algorithm this podcast like wherever you listen to this there's some sort of algorithm behind it mm-hmm. and so i'm not going down a like a a big conspiracy theorist time trap here because i i appreciate all those things are they are just part of the world we live in, but that's exactly the point. Like that, ultimately, that creates the world that we're in, which is this yeah. demand for our attention and us like not feeling that we maybe have control over that attention so much. And then also talking about the streaming, like, what do you do when you watch a film? I'm mostly on my phone, not always, but like I, yesterday, for example, I watched a film. I try to put my phone away um, and really watch the film properly. But I sometimes I just keep doing other things while I'm watching and then maybe doing two or three things at the same time. And then I'm surprised when I'm overwhelmed or exhausted after. Yeah. But that's the that's thing. It's not only one thing that get, catches our attention. It's also three or four things at the same time. Or living by myself, I eat dinner. I, or basically every food that I eat I eat while I'm watching something or I'm on the phone. I know that that's um, probably a normal thing to do, but then I still keep thinking, you know what, is it really that healthy? <laughs> like, yeah. Are you really focusing on your food or is it... But I think it's a, <clears throat> it's a super good thing to question it. Hmm. Like that, that's basically the, the foundation of that book I was talking about um, that Jenny O'Dell was writing. She's basically saying it's the reality that we live in this world, like that where we are. And she's, she's saying that solution isn't to, you know, go off the grid completely and kind of take ourselves away from it and sit in a log cabin and do that thing of shutting off because it's better that we engage with the world that we're in and we try to make a positive difference, like whether that's through yeah. ourselves or that's through, you know, societal or friendships or whatever. Um, she's talking about the solutions that we have within that space, within that current reality. Yeah. And for me, that's super interesting because you know, we've spoken about this ourselves and on the podcast, you can get super scared of that 
scale of things if you're like well mm-hmm. if I, I i can't possibly do anything i just have to like go into myself and let everything else take care of itself yeah but what jenny talks about is actually having an ability to make individual changes that can make our lives a bit better and can make our lives a bit less than not less reliant on the tools that are within that attention economy yeah. Yeah. so in that language like the language is a bit highbrow that she uses and i think like you know we can we can we can break it down we can break it down for sure i think you can make it a bit more digestible so i want to come back to what you said around tools and like toolbox that we've got of things that we can use to maybe you know get in our get in a better space like where we feel more present with things because i think presence is a super good way of describing how you feel when you're not your attention isn't being demanded isn't being taken away from you yeah so do you maybe want to like break down one or two things that you have in your mental <laughs> Emily McKenzie toolbox? I mean, I usually, so whenever I open that toolbox, uh, toolbox, that's usually when I'm super stressed out. So when I've been, when I've gone too far, so I would like to get to a certain point where I just um, get used to that. But for now, it's whenever I'm stressed or overwhelmed or um, when things were getting too busy around me or something then I would start using these tools. And these tools are, for example, turning off notifications, putting my phone into, was it personal mode or don't disturb mode or something. And it makes a huge difference. Because, for example, when we sit next to each other, we have a chat, um, maybe it's something really important, and then suddenly one of our phones light up and there's just a notification, just a WhatsApp or something, then even though you continue talking to the other person it's still an interruption it's still there's still a break and your attention is away for a second it's not in the presence it's not where sometimes that that, if someone else does that I feel like uh that's a very personal thing but like the appreciation is not that big and for me it doesn't work if I put my phone away I will just use it again I just want to kind of know okay for now nothing is allowed to interrupt me to disturb the the feeling that I'm in or the thing that I'm doing at the moment but I can always come back to that for example I've got a to-do list I do one thing and I say all right after this task after I've done the dishes I will check my phone and then I get on to the next one that's how I try to do it um so notifications off and then making yeah, almost giving it time slots whenever other people or things are allowed to actually um, affect me. Even if it's positive, it doesn't matter. But right now I'm in this moment, I'm doing these things, whatever. I'm reading a book. And only if I allow them to, then they can affect me. Like being, like not making it use you, but you, you the one still, you're ahead of yourself, like... You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know. I totally know what you mean. I think that that control thing and that decision making that you spoke about is the most important thing because, you know, this is this is kind of technology agnostic, like whether it's your phone, your laptop, your, you know, like whatever channel, whatever platform you're on, it all kind of in some level has the same thing, which is to take you out of being in a real environment, a personal space, like presence, essentially like being present. And so like one of the biggest things you can, I think you can give someone is your attention, is your undivided attention. Like you and me, when we have these conversations, it's so good because it's so 
direct like there is only that there's yeah, nothing exactly. else yeah. and I love that when I have that with friends or with family or whoever yeah when I'm you know you feel different when you're engaged when you're like you're giving it I'm gonna say better I think you're giving a better version, version of yourself, of yourself. exactly yeah and yeah. I think people appreciate that and you feel yeah. better for doing it right yeah so and then also I mean if you think about it doing several things at the same time so maybe checking your emails and then um, eating and then watching a show on Netflix and like dividing your attention and like that's not surprising that you you feel unproductive in the end or you feel exhausted you feel tired you feel and it takes way longer doing these things if you just separate them and do one thing at a time and do it properly and then you'll just well that's just my experience but you're not as exhausted at the end and you also have you're also quicker and then you still have two hours to rest for example or sleep yeah. or whatever but yeah because i think there's the, the opposite of it and maybe i'm playing devil's advocate a bit but when i talk about putting your phone away focusing on what you're doing being present for yourself or for for whoever you're with there is that flip side of it which is like if i put my phone away and if i don't do it then i can be so productive i can get everything mm-hmm. done i can do this and i can i can hit this like amount of things on my to-do list and i'm I don't want it to sound like I'm going the wrong way with this, but do you also feel like people can potentially see that as like an opportunity to burn out because they're spending so much time outside of it that like they've got all these things that they can do that they think they should be doing? I'm not sure what you mean by that, but so, like if you've got these to-do lists and then you're super productive and that being the goal. Do you think that can create pressure on the other Yeah, on the of course. Side of I mean, that's toxic as fuck. Yeah. And... Um, I think we should not create the picture of your best version of yourself is when you're the most productive. That's rubbish. Um, and that's also very unhealthy. Because um, whenever I have several things to do, I get very overwhelmed. I need to write them down. I need to break them down into little bits. And um, if that's paying bills or um, looking for a document or... Um, reading something for uni etc or cleaning the flat like all these things that you have to do as an adult um, can get quite overwhelming and it's normal to not manage them all at once in one day yeah I think society has told us or is still telling us um, that we have to be productive and we have to get all these things done um, and that's that's just not true and it um, can be yeah you can basically burn out by that but I've been trying to um, break down the to-do list so if it's I, I was not only looking at the to-do list but I'm also looking at my maybe my capacity of how much energy ha- do I have on that day um, if I have three tasks for example or let's say I have 10 tasks to do in a week um, and on the Monday I'm super exhausted I'm like okay I'm going to see if there's things on a to-do list that I can do today that are very, very little. And then I'll try to do it. Even if I don't, that's fine. But what I'm trying to say is not only make a to-do list, but also prioritize and see what's the most important, but also how do I feel today? Am I actually able to do this without drain, like feeling completely burnt out after? You're moving from a to-do list to a can-do list. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah exactly yeah because i think like <laughs> can do this yeah cute it gives Did you, you just more, make that up yeah 
I've probably heard that. That's I'm brilliant. Sure. It's either brilliant or it's super cheesy. It's probably really, it's probably No, similar. it's brilliant. <laughs> but what I mean by that is I think I'm picking up your point that it's possibilities, it's opportunities rather than it's something that is weighing you down. Because I've always felt this about those to-do lists that it's, it's this like intensity where you've, you've written it down and you can, yes, on the one hand, you can see it. And I'm always a fan of like, getting things out of your brain, processing it, having it somewhere that says, right, I can follow these things and then I'm going to be good. I mean, you've basically got a to-do list in your kitchen, so... I literally have a to-do list in my kitchen, this is true. <laughs> but, but, for example, like at work, I don't always make a to-do list. Okay. Like, sometimes I have, sometimes I haven't. It's never fully worked for me because I'm always... I think I always come back to that thing that you were talking about, which is, it can weigh me down mm-hmm. and I'm never going to finish that work day if I haven't got to a certain point on that to do yeah. this. So what I try and do is the same as you. It's like, know the priorities. Like, have that list, have that full list, write as many things down as you can. Have, like, the priorities within that list that you know, all right, if I don't pay my taxes today, I'm going to go to jail. Like, yeah. oh, <laughs> something God. like that. Don't exactly. get me started you know with what? this. Probably, I'm sure I've never paid, like, uh, I don't know. I don't know about tax returns. I've not once done one properly. Please don't listen to what I say. Don't listen to me about taxes for sure. That idea of you've got priorities that you kind of you kind of naturally know what your priorities are, right? Like you know there's certain things that have to get done. Time sensitive, it comes into it. Mm. You know things have to happen, and I'm not saying like everything on your to do list is an amazing opportunity to get something done. I don't believe that. I don't believe in that at all. But it's just that you don't get to the end of the day and you think you're judging the day based on the completion of a list because that's so, that's so, yeah, like, that's yeah. not the way to live. Like, that's so granular in terms of, oh, I'm living my life based on a check, a checkbox. And I feel like the day could go in any number of ways if you just step away from your to-do list and you yeah. say, things I have to do, things that people demand of me, but ultimately I'm leaving time for myself. Whatever happens, happens. And you kind of approach it that way. It's a really easy thing to say. And like, I know that there's there's different reasons why people can't live that way, but... I'm a firm believer that we should all have an opportunity to live a bit more in that way. I'm certainly a person who needs a lot of structure. And um, structure, time management, to-do lists. I don't do well if plans get cancelled. I don't do well if plans go wrong or change. Uh, I don't do well if the day changes um, from what I want it to be. So I really, I get frustrated quite easily with you. Like, honestly, um, on holiday I had, for example, we want to go to a cafe and I had a flat and I couldn't fix it. I was like, I was like, okay, bye. What the fuck? I was like, it's just a little thing. And we were still able to do something else nice, but I, I just don't, I'm not good at adjusting to, um, things changing, but maybe like prioritizing, narrowing down to-do lists from like 10,000 things that are impossible to do at one day and then you judging yourself for not managing obviously and then trying to live <laughs> but yeah mm. yeah because you're basically setting yourself up to fail I, th- I just think it's whatever way you take that and interpret that in terms of how much freedom you give yourself beyond the list because I'm, I'm also a believer in the idea that to be free and to be creative and to have space you have to give yourself structure like for me yeah. I have to have a certain amount of things that I know I can come back to in order to have my, give myself a platform to go and be creative from or to, yeah. to, to go and do the, those fun things so like how I start my day is 
if I'm if I'm doing well, it's relatively set in stone. If not, then it might be a bit more chaotic. But I like the idea of having a, a routine set in the morning that I know I'm going into the day at this yeah, level and now same. I can go and see what happens. Yeah. And I'm gonna guess what? I'm gonna come back to a similar thing in the evening if the, again if things go well. What would that be though? In terms of like an evening routine. Or morning. Morning routine. I mean Jeez, morning routine. It's <laughs> probably a See? whole separate episode, but like, there's certain things that I have tried to incorporate into that routine would be writing, reading, movement, and mm-hmm. starting the day with a coffee. Like that's a simple yeah. one, but basically doing the same things, whatever those things are, whether that's journaling, meditating for a few minutes, like doing a, a morning workout um not looking at my phone i think coming back to the phone topic mm. i don't look at my phone unless there's something urgent or unless i'm i'm up for a particular i thing. remember a couple of weeks ago yeah you said I, I think you replied to one of my messages a day after and said oh you know what i haven't looked at my phone since yesterday or whatever nine o'clock and in I've only looked at it now when it was 11 or something. It's like, what the fuck? How did you do that? That's so great. That's amazing. Yeah. And I tried the same just recently, a couple of days ago. And it was ama- It was really good. Like, yeah. honestly, I'm, I'm trying to leave my phone in the kitchen. Then go to bed. And like, maybe probably watch something on Netflix or read or something. And then in the morning the phone is not the first thing that I look at. I can listen to music on my laptop or a podcast or whatever, but then I just try to switch on my phone just right before I leave. So I don't even get the chance to, I don't know, scroll through Instagram or something. That was very, very good. That was good advice that you gave there, honestly. Yeah, and I don't always do it, but I'm really proud of myself when I do. Like when I can say my phone's gone on to downtime or because that's a, a tool that you said at the start we have yeah. or I just haven't looked at my phone from a certain time at the night until in a certain time the next day within that time yeah obviously sleep is a big part of that like the ability yeah, to go but to sleep also, and sleep properly yeah but also the time just it has more quality to life yeah. like yeah exactly and the, the reason that I'm I'm really I'm quite stubborn about not using my phone until a set point in the morning and I I try to say the same thing to other people. I think I'm I think I'm a bit of a broken record at times and I'm like to friends, just don't, like just don't do it. Don't reply to that. Like if you look at that work email, you're gonna be stressed and you've got a mic for stress. So it's hard. It's so hard, but that's why it's so good. You make you it, it sound so easy. Trust me, it's not easy. I don't I don't find it easy. Like even now, and I've been doing this for a while, I don't find it easy at all. Okay. Because it's good. always like, I'm relieved. <laughs> whether it's in your whether the phone's in your room or whether the phone's in another room that ability to you know go and try to find it to look for something distracting because your brain's craving that dopamine hit mm. is so strong yeah. whether it's negative or positive whatever but not doing it for the first 20 minutes 30 minutes two hours that you're awake for me personally it, I feel like I'm set up for the day so much better because I've actually like got myself into a good space yeah. I feel like I've done something for myself whether that's writing down one sentence or reading a page in a book I've done something for myself I've got like a good feeling about my day and then I'm I'm ready to go. And then I'm a bit more like mentally robust when I start the day. I feel like I'm going to go and be more, a better version of myself because I'm like, I'm not as irritable. More focused, but also on yourself. Not even, not saying more focused on work or anything, but just on yourself. Exactly. Like you can actually feel how you're feeling. You know yourself better. 
you're of course you're more alone with your thoughts as well yeah but you learn how to handle that because you just have to you can distract yourself with your phone exactly um yeah these hours in the morning or evening whenever that is like you're i think whatever you're doing you're more true to yourself you're because i can sometimes i tend to a friend of mine said that to me oh you're not really yourself at the moment but you you're somehow far away from yourself you like and then i need those things like i need cycling or whatever but also shutting off my phone honestly and just yeah. like all right here i am this is only me without anything else yeah. like your pure self and um i think that's really good especially in the morning and also in the evening for your whole sleep um it's just way healthier but it is difficult like we're like it really sounds super easy but i do struggle and i also and it's scary because i'm like lying in my bed and like oh i need to i want to look at my phone and that's that's basically addiction isn't it a little bit, but I don't know, so like... <laughs> oh, you made it sound nice there. I don't, I don't think it... You say it sounds easy. I, I don't think it does... I think that's part of the, the point of why I wanted to talk about this. I don't think it does sound easy because the way that we live at the moment in this attention economy, if you, if you want to call it that, it's so demanding of us. Notifications are demanding of us. We know that we have relationships stored in this little box that is our phone. We know we've got expectations beyond that box. We've got opportunity whether that's watching youtube for five hours or whether that's watching tiktok for five hours you can't it's so it's so easy it's so it's so tempting to go and get that because you know of the opportunities you can download about a million apps if you want to Mm. if you really wanted to you can go and find something so it's not easy but it for me like it's so rewarding if you can if you can find moments when you're like because i think me at least i can i think you as well inherently you know you know that it's the wrong, it's the right thing to do to step away from it. You know that it's the right thing to do to pay more attention to who you're with and who's behind your phone for that mm. moment because you're prioritising. But yeah, it's still so hard to do because of the draw of that, because of the way that our, our brains are wired. Yeah. And something that I I struggle with a lot as well is like your focus during the day. I've, I've had this like, <laughs> I've had full on arguments about multitasking in the past where it's like, I don't think that someone can be a good or a bad multitasker because I think that multitasking itself is a bit of a problem in that multitasking to me at least is basically dividing your attention across multiple different tasks and different things that you can do. But it's something that people are really proud of, right? It's a positive thing. If you're, oh, you can really, you can, or if it's a negative thing if someone cannot multitask and that's not good framing it that way. Yeah, yeah, right. But I always got compliments on how I'm able to do several things at a time. Like, yep, but I'm not doing well. <laughs> Have you had that where it's been gender-based as well? Oh, yeah, of course. Women yeah, are better yeah, yeah. Well, definitely. Than men. What's that about? <laughs> Patriarchy, basically. Yeah, isn't that weird? Can like, I have one of your snacks? Like, of you I can, can see him lying there. Like, okay. I keep looking. Do a snack I'm like, break. How the fuck did you not eat them? I ate them the first minute. And do you know like, why? Because I was focusing on what we oh. <laughs> Lame. <laughs> Attention economy, for me, always focused on snacks. <laughs> That's what you know. You focus on snacks instead of your phone. Your life might go in a different direction. <laughs> I do things on my phone, watch Netflix, eat food, all at the same time. And for me, my phone is also kind of a workplace. So if I post something on Instagram, if I have to do a corporation, if I reply to emails and stuff, I do that on my phone. And... I think I almost never do one thing at a time. But 
And I think I, I kind of agree on it's healthy doing one thing at a time or focusing on one thing. But I also... Sometimes I get very bored doing one thing at a time. So, for example, cooking for me is very boring. I hate cooking. And I can only do it when I watch a film or something. That's how I distract myself from how much I hate cooking. <laughs> yeah. But because if I don't, I just, not, I just don't cook. And that's not good as well, is it? Like, no. Or, I'm, for example, I'm not able to finish um, a plate because I'm bored. I get bored halfway and I just stop eating. Yeah. So I need to watch something to distract myself and trick me. And then I just eat and finish. That's weird. But like, I think brains also work differently. And of course, it's healthy to do as less as like one thing at a time or not five things at a time. But sometimes I get, I get bored. I think that's a cool, cool way of thinking about it because that's, you know, for you, cooking isn't your 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 thing. Like, it's not mm-hmm. where you find your flow state. Like, people people might find that from cooking. Like, they might find it very therapeutic. For you, therapy is bikes and, like, being by yourself on a bike. Like, that's much therapy more Therapy is therapy, experience. but, yeah. Therapy <laughs> is actual therapy. Yeah, yeah, of course. But Yeah, yeah your, I know what I mean. It, yeah. Your, your place of, like, where you can really focus is, yeah. is your bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how do you feel, like, when you're on your bike? How do you feel comparison to cooking like can you try and discuss like how not bored at all just not bored it's same with running same with swimming I don't know I just feel super relaxed and then and I try to get to a point where I sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't I don't know if it's the same for you with running but like sometimes there are days when you think a lot when you're in your head but with cycling, especially, I mostly get to a point where I don't think anything at all. And that it's just peace. And that's just the most amazing thing. So the, the book and the, the sort of thing that I found super interesting when reading this, this book, How to Do Nothing, is like the author, Jenny, she finds herself in this space where, and for her it's like bird watching. And, yeah, which is I thought super cute because that's <laughs> of all the things you could say. I was like, cool, I like, I appreciate that, I respect <laughs> that. Um, bird watching or being in this like sanctuary where she can just engage in that and she can be present in the world because she's interacting mm-hmm. with something that's happening, but she's also super focused on it and finding those spaces for ourselves: riding bikes, cooking, writing, going for a run, bird watching. They're all equally as valuable, but we kind of. I think a solution to this whole getting away from our phones and these downtime tactics and everything that we have at our disposal, maybe it's more about going and experiencing the things that we find most comforting more often and the things that don't, the things that pull us away harder than our phones could ever, you know? Yeah, and I think my, uh, what I learned in therapy as well is that sometimes if you go through a rough time or if you even if you just have something that you need to process, um, it's like your one half of your brain needs to be busy to actually be able to process on the rest. Cause, and that would be, for, so for example, sometimes I leave some of the tasks that I have to do in my canvas. Was it canvas? Can-do list. Can-do list. <laughs> I leave them on the list for after the session 
if that's um, doing the washing, hanging up the washing, doing the dishes, because these are things that don't, um, my brain or not, they don't have, it doesn't have to work a lot, like it's something regular, it's something that we do every day, and that's when my brain works the best and is able to process things, and that that's doing two things at a time without knowing it, right? So, like, I'm doing the dishes, but actually I'm processing whatever. Um, yeah, because it's calming you down almost. It's getting you into, like, it's a sort of, it's a mundane thing. It's yeah. important, but it's more important that it's mundane because it allows you to, yeah. to work through something else without needing to be active. Exactly. And sometimes it can be too much if you just do... If you just try to like lie down and process something, because your brain sometimes needs not attention, but has to like the um, stimulation. Yeah, maybe simulation. I'm not sure if that's simulation though. No, I think, I, like, but I think it is. Like, I think everything. Again, like classic. I forgot where I heard this, but everything that you're you do, everything that you're you're encountering, every experience, like that's stimulating in some aspect. Yeah. So the idea of sitting down without music, without um, anything to look at, even on the walls, like, without anything that's, like, really giving your brain, that's super difficult because it's not... Your brain is like, what, this is... No, this is rubbish. I need some... Like, I need some entertainment. You need to give me something because you're always going for that dopamine. And I forget the difference. We're going to have to put this in, I don't know, somewhere, the difference between serotonin and dopamine. And what's the other one? There's three, right? Yeah. Serotonin, dopamine... I'm sure some of you will now yeah. like be like, "This is the one." <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it immediately afterwards. Yeah, and it's gonna be really obvious anyway. Mm. Um, but the 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 idea that your your brain's getting that chemical overload of yeah. something. Yeah, overload, actually, if you yeah. sit if you sit long enough to like be without any sort of stimulation, then it might come to you. Mm. But it's really difficult to do that. Yeah. Like for me as well, I would always have music on if I'm cleaning, if I'm cooking. Just if I'm in the if I'm in the apartment, like I'm gonna have music on because yeah. I want that background, you know. Um, it doesn't mean that it's I'm not gonna do the dishes because I've got music on. I'm I'm definitely going to maybe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, tomorrow. Maybe, maybe maybe tomorrow maybe next week. Um, but the that idea of the music isn't stopping me. It's like it's, my brain is listening to something and then I'm doing things and there's nothing wrong with that for sure. It's just like you said, if you need to think about something, mm. maybe it's like you need less stimulation actually yeah. than even you think you need. I actually um, kind of toned down all the stimulation in my bedroom. So, for example, I turned around the books so it's not too colourful anymore. It's only white. I've got all my walls painted white. Um, my bed sheets are white. I don't really hang up any photos or anything in my bedroom because I want to have it as peaceful as possible that's what I did when I moved in now there are some photos and stuff but like I really try to have this space for well to be able to really focus on myself and I mean that's something that we can speak about if we speak about hypersensitivity as well but like the overstimulation having that overload um yeah, it can be very tiring. Tiring is a good way. Yeah, <laughs> I find I find the same, and I'm everyone's obviously got very different jobs, but my job means I'm on my laptop a lot. I'm in mm. I'm in my email a lot, and a big part of why I try why I've actually been 
it's almost been necess- like a necessity that I take that time in the morning when I can before I look, open my inbox because I know I'm going to get overloaded because there's going to be, I don't know, X amount of emails in there that are going to demand my attention. And the way that I am, I'm probably going to skim over them and be like, oh no, I've got so much to do. Like, yeah. and, just, and just kind of go panic. into this, exactly, panic mode yeah. without anything. No one behind that email is, is asking me to panic. They're all like probably yeah. super nice. Just saying, hey, when you get a minute, do you mind? But me looking at the little titles or the captions, I'm like, ah, oh, shit. So I think that, that comes down to why a list is good because maybe you can say, right, cool, email inbox is here, but actually I need to do these four things and the rest is up to the universe. Like, yeah, let's see exactly. where my day goes. Yeah. Because or the I, other day when I feel yeah. more energized or more, I don't know, whatever. But I think it's different. Different tasks take up different energy yeah. and then you can just prioritize it by that and see how you feel um and I think that's also just practice you won't wake up tomorrow morning and be perfect at doing this and you can also fail for example if you tell yourself you're not going to look at your phone from eight o'clock um is it p.m I always get get, get, yeah p.m to a.m or something and then you still do it because you can't resist or because you're waiting for a reply or something like that's fine we're allowed to fail that doesn't mean that you're not able to prioritize or chill or <laughs> focus or anything. I think I think because we are so involved in this attention economy, it'll take some time to get, really get used to that. But um, whatever tool works for you, I think that's brilliant. But you'll get there. Exactly. I think finding your own, finding your way and being patient with yourself. Because like you said, you're going to fail. And actually the failure is super important because that's how we learn stuff, right? Like life is messy. Life is unstructured. Yeah. Life isn't going to respect your to-do list regardless of how many lists you write life doesn't really care yeah like it's going to throw itself at you anyway so i think all we can really do as you said very eloquently is we can like find that method or that thing that works for us be really really stubborn in terms of looking for it and making sure that we try to prioritize it prioritize yourself prioritize yourself i think that's the biggest thing actually just prioritizing yourself whatever method you need whatever thing that is you're putting yourself first and you're not being as you said at the start, you're not a tool for your devices. You're using them as they're intended, which is to Shouldn't be, be left a tool to for my you. own devices. They come with prices. Oh my god, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. <sighs> the lyrical genius that is. You want to summarize on the Taylor Swift note? I feel like no. she's pretty good. <laughs> I just feel like that was a perfect end to this episode how do you feel i feel i mean like i said at the start i think i could talk about this for a long time because i really (laughs) it's something that fascinates me and it's something that i really struggle with like i'm really not good at at living that so that every time i i come to oh this is the thing this is it again and like it always always trying to bounce back from it somehow i mean that's what friends are for we can write remind ourselves uh, and each other we're like Switch your notifications off. <laughs> or like that. Switch your notifications off. Spend time or, with your friends. Be or present. just say, like, you don't need to reply to that anytime soon. Yeah. Take your time. Like, yeah, things like sure. that. I appreciate that. I think that's really good. Uh, that's really healthy. Yeah. Right. On Sick. that note, we've got to do the... We cannot really cheer. With yeah, we we've can. We've got teacups this time, so... This is a different, a different sound, but it's still important that we summarise the episode in this way. <laughs> okay, bye. Oh my god, it sounds so... It's so lame, but it's fine. It's okay to drink lemon ginger tea sometimes, you know? (laughs) Okay, goodbye. I'm going to the bed probably soon. (laughs)